and uh, it's it's happening very, 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 very much all around us. I don't know if you anyone told you yet, but you are so fortunate to have been born in the wealthiest country in the world. We need not for just about anything. Even if you fall under the scope of poverty in the U.S., the poorest of people in the U.S. have much more than most people in other countries. And if you have yet to see this with your own eyes, I would love for you to join us as we go to Nicaragua here in July. And uh, man, I mean, it's just wonderful. We're going to be doing some building, some construction projects, but we'll also be just going door to door with Pablo and his team knocking on the doors through the city and uh, just going into people's homes as they invite us in and we get to hear their story. It's wonderful. We are so fortunate to be living here. I read some stats the other day, and they were saying that this year we broke a record for how much money was spent over the first week of, of Black Friday to now. And they, I think they were saying there was millions of dollars spent every like second or something crazy. Like, what is going on? And uh, I mean, we're just, the focus could be on everything but Jesus. So for a second, join me in, uh, there's, as the richest country in the world, uh, I want to just tune your heart to someone else that was like us for a second. Here we go. There's this guy named Solomon, and he wrote this thing here in Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, verses 4 through 6. He said this. Um, he said, I also tried to find meeting by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my flourishing groves. Let me just stop there. This is the wealthiest man in the world about 4,000 years ago. He had everything that his heart desired. There was nothing that he lacked. And it is very much like us. And I don't know if, if you can relate to me, but even though I am very, very wealthy, I have a beautiful home. I have beautiful children that are very, very healthy. I have a beautiful wife. I have great friends. I mean, I need nothing, yet I want Anyone else? This is what Solomon said. He's, he said in verse 9, he said, So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take, and I denied myself no pleasure. I even found, I love this, because it almost sounds like, like the guy is just spoiled. But then he goes on to say this. He says, I even found great pleasure in hard work. So he wasn't just a king who just sat around all day. He also had great work ethic. A, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was also meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. There was nothing gained from them on earth. I was watching um, The Grinch, who stole Christmas last night uh, with my kids. I was all cuddled up, and Maylee's all in my lap, and Mike is sitting next to me. And, and The Grinch, uh, he said this. I was like, man, this is really cool. He said, he said uh, everything that you guys love and everything you guys want and all of your wonderful presents, they all, in the end, come to me. And he was talking about how you guys love all of these shiny things. And in the end, it ends up junk. I think about all of the years of all of the Christmases that we've had and everything that we wrapped up and everything we worked and spent money for and worried about to get and how it ends up in a box in the back of a closet somewhere else. 
Jesus would say it better uh, this way. He said it in Matthew. Um, Scotty, I'm jumping around. I know. I'm sorry. He said Matthew chapter 7, verse 11. Uh, nope. Jesus said it in somewhere. There it is. 6, 19 through 21. He said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth or rust destroy them or thieves break in and steal them. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy them and where thieves do not break in and steal them and where your treasure is, so will your heart also be. I was um, sitting right there this week and uh, I was praying for many of you guys and um, every week I try to take some time out to just pray for many of you and I have a list that I go over and I'm praying and uh, my mind started wondering, has it ever happened to you? It happens to me. Um, and so there's a couple things I do to combat that normally is I'll pray out loud um, or I'll write down or type my prayers. And it helps me stay focused on that, which I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to work. Um, but I, I wasn't doing that at the time. I was just praying and I was going off a list and normally the list brings me back to the next thing. But instead I started thinking about all the things that, um, I believe that I still want. Anyone else ever go there? And I want, and I want, and I want. And I was thinking about, um, some of the things that I feel like God owed me. And I kind of got into a mood. This is honest to God. I'm, I'm not lying to you. I, anyone else ever feel sorry for yourself? I feel like I've done some work, and where's mine? You know? It's like, I don't know if you're the only one that ever thinks this way, but I, the enemy has a way of making you feel like you're the odd one out. Everyone else you know has a job. Why not you? Everyone else has a new car. Why not you? Everyone else has a, has, is married. Why not you? Everyone else has children. Why not you? Everyone else is happy. Why not you? Everyone else is XYZ is healthy. Why not you? And I kind of just got into my own rant about the things that I am wanting in my life, believing God, where's mine? Where's mine? Where's mine? And I was sitting right there and I was wanting just like everyone else. I mean, that's what Christmas is about, right? It's about us getting and possessing more crap. And as I was sitting there having a woe is me party, a knock happened on the door. I, I say a knock because we locked the door throughout the day. Uh, and uh, it's, it's Polk County. Uh, it's worth doing. And so anyways, uh, so we locked the door and there was a knock came on the door. And uh, I went over to the door and I, I reluctantly answered. And, and there was someone there that um, needed some help. And uh, the gentleman that was there uh, was, was, having, uh, was down on, his, on their luck. And um, they, they didn't have um, shoes. They were wearing two pairs of shoes, but it was crazy because it was held together with a sole that only was held together in the front. The front part flapped, the back part flapped on both shoes. It was actually just really sad when he lifted up his foot and I saw his socks. And, uh, and he said, hey man, I'm down on my luck. Um, can you help? And I brought him in and um, thankfully, because you guys give, we, we have a food pantry and we can do some of these things. Some of you actually go shopping for the food in the food pantry. So I got some stuff together and I helped him out and um, uh, offered him a ride uh, to the place that he called home. And uh, when I got to that place, I just realized that I'm missing it. Scripture says that our Father knows how to give good gifts. Our Father knows how to give good gifts. And I believe that. But I want what He hasn't given me. And I think that this is important for us to get this. The Christmas present right now is, is very much already what's in your hands. 
It's already what he's given us, and we are wanting so much more and disappointed in what we have. And I really feel like, man, so many people would stand in line for hours. I, I remember when I got my first, uh, when I worked at this church in, in Arbordale, and one of my pastors used to say, there's a China, one-legged Chinaman standing at the, at the thing waiting to work, do your job. And I'm thinking, like, what? What does that even mean? There are so many people that would love your job, and yet your job is forgotten that it's, the stress that you have is a blessing. There are so many people that would love my family or my friends. So many people that don't have friends this Christmas. How fortunate we have. I was, I was broken hearted when I realized this. Anyways, the first point is materialism and how do we overcome this. And, and uh, I have uh, you know two, two thoughts. I think we overcome it. First, uh, by being generous. Uh, freely you have received, freely give. I think the greatest way to combat materialism and all the stuff that you still need is by remembering what you have and what the surplus that you have. Please remember that as an America, as an American, you, there, you will need for nothing. You, you can file for bankruptcy and still be Filthy rich, do you understand? Like there is, there is nothing that we need other than oxygen. Give, 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 give. I was thinking about the wise men and like the, the gifts that they gave for Jesus. It's not even part of my sermon, but think about it. I mean, these dudes traveled a long way with a pretty awesome gold. Come on, man. How many of you are giving gold this Christmas? You don't know about that? It wouldn't be bad. I mean, be a blessing. Second way to combat materialism, this is point one, is uh, by being grateful. Just for a second, let this sink in. This is really rad. This is a verse um, that I have somewhere. Here it is, First Thessalonians 5 through 18. Can you guys just, can you, all of you guys see it? Can you read this with me? Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. I don't know what's not right in your life, but he says in all circumstances. Now, what's fantastic about this is the way he draws it out, and he says, for this is some of you are asking right now, God, what is your will for my life? What do you want to do with my life? What do you want to, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? This is a great place to start. God's will for your life is for you to be grateful. To be grateful. To be grateful. To be, I mean, if you can just learn, I think some of you, if you can just learn to give thanks, your relationship with God would springboard. Many of us are starting off in our prayer time with everything we don't have, which is everything that he said not to do. First of all, we start in prayer by mentioning who he is and what we have in him. And some of us are starting with, woe is me. I suck. I'm terrible. God, I've sinned. I'm a... No, no, no. We start with him. God, you are great. It's so great to be in your presence. It's so good to know that you like me. That's another horse for another day. But listen, the, the two ways to combat materialism, and I think that this lines up with the heart of God and is something that is really important for all of us. One is to give thanks, and two is to give generously. The other thing that I was thinking about this week uh, when I was thinking about the Christmas present is to think about right now. So it's hard. I think there is a war going on in many of us that are sitting in these chairs. I would almost say all of us. 
The past is haunting on many of us. In that, many of us are convinced that the best times of our life happened years ago. I see this in all different ways. I mean, when, when, when our marriage was great, man, things were wonderful. And if we can only just get back to then, we're missing it. Man, when our kids were young, things, life was great. And if we can only just get back to then, we're missing it. Ask anyone who's dying and they'll tell you. No, what you want is right now. You want more time current, not time past. Many of us think, well, when, 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 when I had money, when I had that great job, life was great then, and you're missing it. You are missing it, you are missing it, you are missing it, you are missing it. Many of us, and, and so, so time is, is a terrible thing, because all before, uh, when I had that, when I, when I wasn't struggling with this thing, we're missing it. When, Some of it is happening spiritually. When we look back in our life and we go, man, the best days of my life spiritually was back there when revival was happening or when I was in that ministry or, or when I used to do all those things and we used to go do outreach. The best days of your life is today. It's always going to be right here, right now. And if you are convinced of anything else, you're being fooled. This is the greatest day of your life. It's the Christmas present. It's the greatest moment of your life. It has to be. And some of us are also bound by our past in the sense of things that went wrong. People that hurt us, it affects things. People that lied to us or let us down, it affects our ability to live in the now. It affects our expectation. It affects like, like we're bound by someone else's opinion or someone that, that didn't forgive us or someone that did us wrong or, or, or a job that we didn't get. or like It's always someone else's fault. I know so many people that struggle with addictions or, or the job that they'll never have because someone else didn't understand that they're great. And it's always someone else's fault. Like Why? The best moment of your life has to be right now. I'm going to read you a verse here I thought was pretty rad. Does, that, does this make sense to anyone? I felt like this is important for me to hear. <clears throat> James chapter 4, verse 13 and 14 said this, Come now, you who say, Tomorrow, today, or tomorrow will be... We'll go to such a city or spend a year there or we'll buy or sell or make a profit. Whereas you don't know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is a vapor that appears for a little, a little time and then vanishes away. He says, come now, you who say, I love this. Tomorrow will be great. I'm planning some great things tomorrow. I'm not gonna lie. I've been, I've been planning this for about three years. Now, some of you guys know me. You've heard me talk about this. I've been dreaming. I've, I've deceived a few friends into uh, giving me some of their money that will allow me to go on a fishing trip. I'm really, really, really excited about it. And uh, I'm pumped. But I got to tell you, tomorrow isn't the best day of my life. It's today. This moment right here, right now. So I don't know if tomorrow's going to happen. The scripture would say this on more than eight occasions, that you don't know if tomorrow's even going to come. You have to be better at, at not leaving the house until you say, I love you. Love the people you're holding hands with. True story. I wasn't planning this. Sorry, Andrew. I'm going a little bit longer. Uh, this is my best friend here, and he, uh, he's a jerk to me sometimes. Um, um, my, I, have a, I have an Aunt Marie, uh, who's one of the most giving, generous people I've ever met in my life, and she doesn't know the Lord. 
she raised me uh, when I was a kid. My mom couldn't afford to take care of us, and so we went and stayed with my Aunt Marie for a little while. My Aunt Marie only had one kid, um, and she died when I was six. And my sister would tell me the story, and my aunt just breaks down in tears every time she thinks of her only daughter, Lori, that passed away when she was 17. Lori got into an argument, and uh, Lori left the house. And uh, Lori was... um, there happened to be, she was, I mean, it's just completely unluck that she was driving under a bridge and a tractor trailer happened to fall on her car. And the last words of my Aunt Marie was, was one that wasn't pleasant. And she relives that. And I think that, like, she always wants to go back in time and fix those things. And you can't. You just can't go back. And so you have to learn this important thing, can you, if you, uh, I'm going to ask everyone here if you can, if you're sitting here next to someone that you're married to, would you hold their hand for a second? Or family of some kind, if they're mother, daughter, child, brother, uncle, cousin. These moments are important. Because they'll be gone and you won't have them back. There's a moment here, right now, today, and you have to let the past go and this moment happen. And if you don't, you're being fooled. Because this is your best life. Uh, you can let go of their hand or, or hold it, whatever you want to do. <laughs> the guy, no, the, it's a trap game for the guys right now, right? <laughs> I can't let go, man. <laughs> I've been there, sorry. Uh, um, some of us also are in the same trap. The Christmas present is something that is combating many of us right now. And it's the future. It's the list. Women, you know what I'm talking about, the list? Right now, many of you know that you have to go home and clean. You have that one room you haven't cleaned in weeks. You have that drawer that's been telling you, if you don't clean out that drawer, you keep telling yourself, that drawer is going to get cleaned this month. You have the bills that you have to pay. You have the things you have to set up online. You have the shopping that you have to do. You have the, the, the parents that you have to go visit. You have the kids you have to spend time with, the homework that has to get done, the people you have got to go share time with, the, the movie that you want to see, the things that you DVR'd that are sitting on the recorder that you have told yourself you're going to watch them. You're, this week, you're going to watch that movie. There is a list that doesn't end. And all of those things are at war with this moment right here, right now. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. I, lo- I found it. Rereading the same passage, I actually... This passage, I, I, God spoke to me about last week when I was preaching to you guys right here. It was really cool. So I got my sermon last Sunday right here. Here you go. This is red. If I can find it. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Actually, I'm going to read it out of the New King James, Scotty, and so I'm sorry that I'm changing it on you. <clears throat> now, um, in, they were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord was shown around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, and behold, I will bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. 
For there is born to you this day a Savior in the city of David, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. I love uh, that this angel says to them, you know, don't be afraid. And it's be the freakiest thing in the whole world. And like, and just what's scarier than that? <clears throat> and um, and then it gets worse. Verse thirteen, and then suddenly. There was with the angel a multitude, <laughs> like, okay, freaky, right? Like you just want to crawl under the ground somehow. A multitude of heavenly hosts, and they're, and they're praising God, and they're saying, glory to God in the highest. highest. I, I would just think I have goosebumps on steroids at this point. On earth, peace and goodwill towards men. And so it was that the angels had gone away uh, from heaven, and then the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. I'm going to just stop on that verse. I'm going to read it again. Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing the Lord has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. <clears throat> the crazy thing about this is um, God's doing great things. How many of us would say currently today, raise your hand, I need to pray more. Raise your hand. You have the same problem that these j jokers had right here. You got two problems. I've got these sheep. They're walking around. And I can be that guy that leaves my sheep to just wander. Or I can go see Jesus. And they have a story for the ages. And we, some of us, have clean dishes. <laughs> but I promise the dishes will wait. Your kids are getting older. Your relationship with your parents is getting more distant. And you got to know the things that you value most is happening right now. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. All right, here we go. Um, point number three is going to be pretty quick. Um, I... It's a little wordplay. I'm kind of corny. I just want you to know I get really excited about really dumb things, and so I got excited about this. When I wrote it down, I was like, it's really cute. Anyways, uh, point number, uh, so point, point, <laughs> I don't even want to say it because it's so corny, but point number three is Christmas presents, uh, but his presence is here. You know, you get it? It's Christmas presents. You got see what I did there? It's presents. All right, here we go. Um. <laughs> if we can delete this from the podcast that'd be great huh? uh, so um, Jesus came uh, and he came and he was God he was Emmanuel God is with us right and so the point now of our life is that we would be God with him uh, us with God that's how we want to live our life, is us with God, God with us, and just doing life together. And So there's this really neat story in the Bible that is one of my favorites. And um, it occurred to me on Monday that I should read this to y'all. <clears throat> and so uh, here you go. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it out of my Bible. It's in the Gospel of John, and uh, it's pretty cool. I like it a lot. So uh, Jesus, is ba he comes as a little baby boy, and uh, the shepherds all like it and everything. And then he, he's older, and he lives and he dies, and he's resurrected. And uh, what's really crazy is the people that loved him, they loved him. And I don't know if you've ever had loss before, but um, to be separated from somebody 
is the worst hell in the world. Uh, if you've ever been lovesick, if you've ever wanted someone that you couldn't have anymore, it's horrifying. And when someone passes, it's a really difficult thing to figure out what life looks like at this point. And so these people that lived their life with Jesus and, and gave their life over for him, they, they, they loved him. He was not just their friend or their lover or their healer or their, their wise man, but he, it was Jesus. And when he died, it was a scary thing for a lot of them. Many of them didn't know what to do or what they were going to do with their life moving forward. And I'm going to pick you up here in uh, John chapter 20. <clears throat> Mary, but Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. But as she wept, she stood down and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had laid. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? <laughs> like, common sense, why are you crying? <laughs> I feel like Jesus always asks common sense questions, you know. What are you doing here? Anyways, here we go. Uh, and she said to them, because uh, they've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And uh, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. Man, can you imagine? Whew. Like hope restored in an instant. I think about those cool videos, like Christmas time right now, they're going to be all over the internet of like soldiers that, that sneak home for their holidays and like surprise their loved ones. If you don't cry during those videos, you have no soul. Like it's, <laughs> it is a tearjerker. Like a little kid who gets to see his daddy for the first time ever, you know, and like he saw him on the internet or something, but like he's there. And so she turns and she sees Jesus and he was dead and behold, he is not and her heart just, man, except it's a little weird. I'll get it anyways. Here we go. Uh, and so uh, he said, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And she supposed him to be the gardener. His body had, had changed. It's another time. She supposed him to be the gardener. And she said, sir, if you've carried away, tell, tell me where you've laid him, and I will, uh, I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and she said to him, Rabboni, means teacher. Because when someone you love says your name, that's it. I know where I was when God called me. I can tell you the room, the color, everything, because I remember. She said, Rabboni, and she ran to him. And I can almost imagine her putting her arms around him and hugging him. And he said these words, and I close with this. He said, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. That's kind of weird, right? Like, what are you talking about? Jesus was telling her, like, now's not the time for you to cling to me. But I'm going to go away, and I'm going to go to my father. The Christmas present is right here, right now. The time to cling to Jesus is right here, right now. The time to go all in for Jesus is right here, right now. Some of you, you've loved God this much over the years. Rach, would you come? But the time to go all in on God is right here, it's right now. Listen to me, if there's ever been a time where you wanted to get radical about Jesus, it's now. 
Jesus said, don't cling to me yet because I haven't gone to my father, but I'm, he's, he's now with his father. And what he's going to do is he's going to send his Holy Spirit to you here right now. I've prayed for this service today, and I've prayed that if any of us would get one point, is that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. Today is the day of restoration. Today's the day of rejuvenation. Today's the day of change. And I believe that the heart of God, who's praying for this church and for you, is that this is your moment. Holy Spirit, would you come? I'm not trying to motivate you. I'm not trying to tell you something cute. I'm just really trying to express to you the heart of God. And if you're not careful, you're going to stand right in the middle of the presence of God and leave the same person. And why would you not want to be the best version of you? And you can't do that for you. Only he can do that. God wants to do something great in your life. And all you have to do is say, I'm in. I'm all in. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and